get a, your, the best job you can and get the side hustle. So just because this job is here, see if you can improve your skills and get more pay, or maybe you need a different position. Keep moving there as well as here, because you got your 40 hours here, but you can make sure those 40 hours are optimized the best that they can be, that you're learning skills at least, or something new, or you're paid better, or it's at least a place where you don't want to jump off the porch, right? Like enjoy some quality of life. So that career side is still so important to have. And then this side hustle income is, I think, imperative as well. This is Chan with the Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Pamela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. When I first talked to you outside of our recording right now, I noticed the uh, logo behind you, the uh, Go High Level logo. And that's one of the softwares that I use to maintain my business. And that actually got us thinking and discussing how you don't need to be this person with a lot of technical skills to start a business. I know like some people want to start a SaaS business because there's a lot of recurring revenue, but they think that they have to hire a developer, they have to know coding. but what we've uh, discovered and you discovered as well is that there's already done for you softwares out there. You can always white label them. How that works is you promote the product, uh, you get a commission, so to speak, and then they get something from the back end because they're maintaining the product for you. So this is definitely an exciting conversation. But before we dive into more of the nitty gritty, why don't you tell us, Pamela, that your background from what you did for in corporate into transitioning as a business owner? such a great question. It's always so important to understand when you're talking to somebody that there's been a journey, right? There's been a path that we followed. And sometimes we start at the screenshot of my Stripe account at a million dollars and we forget the backstory, right? And it really started from me being raised in an environment that was not great for it to, uh, I wasn't supposed to be a success based on what, you know, the breeding ground. But I think it was the perfect breeding ground for me because it gave me drive and desire to want to do better for my life. So I didn't have an education because I became pregnant at 17. So I went into a field that I could have some control over my income and that was sales. And that started me on a path of learning how to communicate, learning how to talk with people, understanding the sales and marketing was really powerful for me. Raised my kids, got a little bit older, and then what I decided to do was, there's gotta be a way to make money online, right? Like there's gotta be something that I can do. So long story short, started coaching, couldn't get clients, started marketing, social media. And through that, I really started to learn not only about tech, but this online business or business world in general and what it really takes. And now just maybe 10 years in, really getting a hold of it and understanding myself, the marketplace, what this really takes. So it's a very exciting time now with regards to where the marketplace is at and so many amazing people coming online and wanting to build businesses. You make a good point about the sales aspect. Like everybody wants to talk about like all these technical skills, but ultimately as a business owner, your main goal, at least at the beginning, is sales. And no one sales. can sell better than you because you know the business inside out. You can always hire a sales rep, but they're not going to be as passionate about the product as you are. So right. as long as you get the foundational piece of the sales portion where you can speak to potential customers and be able to present your solution in a way that uh, makes sense to them, you can always hire out the other uh, parts of the business. But the one thing that you can't pawn off at the beginning 
uh, in my opinion, is the sales aspect. Right. And even just the research and what you need to do to start a business, you actually have to go talk to people. So if you haven't got the courage or the understanding that this is absolutely necessary, which is what happened to me, even though I was in sales, I was still so scared to go out and talk about what I did and ask people to give me money in exchange for that service. So once I understood that I couldn't get around it, that that was the whole game here as well as it was when I was selling phone services or furniture or all the other things, then it really started to take off. And now I know that no matter what, I can make money because I know how to talk to people. So it's a skill set you need. You need to be able to interview, talk to clients. It's all around that communication. The scariest part is like if you go to college, you graduate, the main principle is that you exchange your time for money. Sure, like... Yes. You can do like Uber or uh, food delivery, but you're still exchanging your time for money in some aspect. And technically speaking, you're still working under an employer, just a contractor. But I, I think right. the main point like for me is being able to promote my brand. Uh, I'm in the career coaching space, so I'm like, promoting my brand through organic content as I started off. And people are reaching out to me saying, oh, you write resumes for people, like how much do you charge? And they're willing to just give me money with like, no associations to your company to my uh, brand alone through my content. So that was definitely eye opener. And then it becomes hard to like just go back. In my opinion, is always about you always go forward in life, you never go backwards. It's hard to go back. Like you had this notion of like working a forty hour week and then you get your paycheck quickly, um, and there's no potential for growth unless again you're in sales. But there is still some cap there because there's only so much commission you can make. But being able to build your brand on your own and be able for people to want to like buy your services. Like that's definitely an eye opener. So then you think to yourself, okay, but if I spend more time on this, like the uh, growth is unlimited. And we're going to get into this a bit later. I uh, created my first low ticket uh, offer, I think around April. And I thought to myself, okay, there's no way people are going to buy from me. Like my, I don't think my brand's big enough. I'm considered like a nobody in the internet space, right? Um, I, I don't have like millions of followers. So I've, I was thinking, okay, there's no way that uh, people are going to buy a low ticket product, even if it's a uh, low price. But the person I was working with at the time says, like, it's going to work. Like, I've worked with clients that didn't have uh, a name or even a product that you have right now. And they ended up getting sales the first uh, day or two. So I, I ran the Facebook ads, as he told me, with a good offer. And I was I got my first sale within a couple of days. So now it's even more eye-opening because now I don't even have to talk to people to get the sale. Now like, it, it's just... It's, it's a recurring revenue without having to exchange my time for money. And that's the notion that we always, uh, that we've been brought up where you always have to exchange your time for money. There's no other like, option. So I told you like, a bit of my life story in the past couple of years, but uh, what about you? Like, how did you like shift that mindset from uh, being a salesperson, like for a company, so to speak, to like being a business owner? It's quite a journey. And you touched on so many beautiful points there. I was born in that time of 40, 40, 40, right? Like 40 hour work weeks, 40 years, right? And then you could retire and that I'm Gen X. So that's no longer available. Those pensions that my parents had, that everyone had, it's gone. And the Ubers, and you can become self-employed or contractor, but somebody else is still in control. If Uber shut down or the regulations in your city or they don't let you go to the airport, it's gone. So being able to depend on myself is really what I always wanted. I wanted, and that's why I loved sales. So when we start this thing, 
it's really hard to believe that money will come. It almost feels like it's kind of coming out of the air, right? Until you get that first dollar. And then when you get the first dollar, you know that you can do as much as you want from there. But that first dollar is challenging and it's in the belief of yourself more than it is in anything else that you have value, that someone will pay you a dollar for your expertise. And when you really become that responsible for your own life, like we're used to working 40 hours a week for a company, but we're exchanging value for that paycheck. I don't think we always understood that, that that value is there for the owner and they'll tell you what that's worth, right? And so will clients. So you've got to come up with an offer that's really, really valuable. And we don't do that as employees. We don't do that as people who own our own business. We tend to want to mix this up in, well, uh, my time is worth this and, oh, people are going to see my value. I think we need to switch it to... What's the value that I'm placing on this? And not even me, it's what are the people that I want to go and serve? The problem, what is that worth? What problems am I solving? And that's where this really starts to take off. And then it's a matter of getting in front of enough people to get the feedback of whether or not it's going to work. Just like going and getting a job, you're going to put out 100 resumes. The same thing applies here. You're going to go and talk to 100 people and get feedback and you're going to go, okay, this subject line, this in the email is not working or I need to change this in my resume. It's exact same thing online, but we tend to take it more personal, don't we? When it's our business and we think it's not working when it just is, we haven't gotten in front of enough people. So it's really important. One, one thing I want to mention is if you're not getting sales, it's not necessarily the brand is like your, your offer is not reaching enough people. One of the things that I've learned when it comes to like networking is uh, there's, there's two reasons why it's not working. Uh, it's your approach or you haven't done enough of it. And it's usually you haven't done enough of it. For example, like if you've uh, had this offer and you present to 10 people and no one buys, you say, oh, this offer doesn't work. Yeah, but it's only 10 people. Now, if you 10 exit or 20 exit and you still don't have any sales, then then you might have to- um, You yeah, might be in I, front of the wrong person. It might not even yeah. still be the offer. You might just be in front of the wrong person. Yeah. And with uh, how ads are being created now, Meta uh, Ads Manager or TikTok, uh, Google, et cetera, there is ways to target your, your audience more effectively. And there's also the messaging component. If you are trying to target mothers, but your messaging doesn't geared towards them, it doesn't matter how good the offer is, the, the message is wrong as well. As you said, you might not be speaking to the uh, right audience or you're trying to target the right audience in your opinion, but you're not giving a message that resonates with them. A really great offer. You don't need all of the bells and whistles and fancy marketing tactics and all the fancy funnels and everything. A great offer will sell itself. So a lot of times we just have a really crappy offer. It's not value packed enough. And value packed doesn't mean more. It doesn't mean stuff it with stuff. It's solving the right problem for the right people and giving the right solution. And sometimes we don't do the work to figure out what that is. A good example that I've uh, heard from Alex Hermosi is uh, the weight loss example. You could, again, it's not about uh, stuffing with a bunch of stuff to make it more valuable. It's how fast you can get the result. So for example, like this weight loss training program has all these like booklets and stuff, but it'll take you like two years to lose the weight but it's like, let's say 500 bucks. Uh, it doesn't matter how much jam-packed value you, you give to it. The result's not going to be fast enough for them to want to take action. Compared to if you spend, let's say, 4,000 bucks and just get liposuction and then you lose weight within the, like a week. Again, I'm not sure how that surgery works, but it's going to be a lot faster than the two-year example. 
So they're more inclined to pay more if the result's faster compared to you just packing a bunch of stuff to make it seem more valuable. That's so true. Yes, we want our problems answered quickly. And the other thing I want to mention, uh, what you said before, like you're in Gen X and the days of the pensions are over, right? I remember a story a few years ago about Sears, how like the, the pension fund was running out or something. I, I don't know. I don't remember the full story, but I, I did recall like there were some issues with retirees that they were going to lose their pension from Sears. That's right. And it had a lot to do with the telecom industries in Canada as well at that time. I don't know if you know that, but Bell Mobility has invested a lot of their money in some of the teacher funds and Sears and some of those things. We don't always realize how money actually is working. When we go to start a business, it's really important to understand how money is actually working in these things to begin with. It, who knew that pension was run by a business? I didn't know that when I first started. Right? I thought I contributed to my own pension. No, it was in Bell stock. Oh, okay. Well, he wasn't smart enough to know that, but then somebody's pension's in flux and that would be mine, right? And it's like, well, I don't have control over that. I don't want somebody else. I remember Safeway, all of these businesses, all those pensions were just gone. And what do you do when you're 40, 45 and got to start again? That's the scary thing. Um, I, I was speaking to a professional and she had a director job. Uh, I think she was making like 130, 140K, uh, which is decent money in uh, Canada. And I think she she left the job and like she's trying to get another job like here because uh, she was originally from British Columbia and then she moved to uh, Toronto. And basically she was uh, going through her savings. My point I'm trying to get at is you spend all this time building up your career and then something happens like a layoff. And then if you don't get a job within a certain period of time, you're basically starting at zero because you don't have any income anymore. And you might have to take a lower paying job to uh, make ends meet. So now you're even going more backwards compared to if you have your own business, uh, you can always pivot. You can always spend more ads. There's more control in managing your business compared to being an employee because there's way too many factors that you can't control. And I've spoken to professionals where they were top performers and they still got let go. Absolutely. Today we know, I just talked to a friend of mine whose husband's in Edmonton and 20 years just got let go. 20 years, he thought he'd be there forever. He's over 50, 55, something like that. What's he going to do? Who's going to hire him? So what do you, what do you do? There's so many options. And what I recommend people do, even though it seems painful, it might feel like you need to spend your nights and weekends doing something else. And that start something that you've got control over and start, we call it a side hustle. We call it whatever. I've done that most of my life. I've had the second job, third job, just in case. And I'm a big control freak maybe, but my whole life is based on freedom, 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 and independence. And I couldn't be dependent on someone else. And I certainly am not free. If you have the ability to walk up to me any day, any time with see you later, I can't run my life that way. So when you own a business, it's different. You can pivot. You can find another offer. You can go out tomorrow and start anything. And Uber's a great example, plus 40 other things available to us. If we just become really clear on the facts and a lot of us aren't running numbers for retirement, even at your age, right? Maybe you are, but what's the number? Do you know the number? Do you know what type of lifestyle you'd like to live? What's a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto going to cost you in a neighborhood where you're not going to be, you know, murdered? <laughs> it's not pension numbers. So it's scary out there. Yeah. And going back to saving for retirement, right? I saw a commercial and people were guessing like, oh, how much do you need for retirement? And I think the number was uh, at least between three to five million. Uh, to live off, like depending on the uh, regular life expectancy. 
some of these people haven't even saved up for that, right? It's tough to live paycheck by paycheck and then still try to save uh, as well. And then the rise of inflation and like, there's a lot of complaints about how groceries are so expensive in Canada. I don't know what was like, you're in Mexico, right? That's right. But the, yeah. groceries, the groceries are really expensive in Canada. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, expensive. Yeah, so there, a lot of people are complaining right now. So when costs are go off and the salaries are not matching the cost of inflation, it's it's hard to save for retirement. So it's again, it goes back to what we said, like when you, you, you work for someone, it's going to be a cap and it doesn't matter how much you do, you can't make enough to beat inflation or at least uh, match it. So that, that, there's always that issue there. Right, right. And no shame in this. Like, I think that's the other thing I want to say is that that's what we've been taught and that's what we know. And anything from this conversation, I want people to understand that they have options, right? That it's going to take some desire. It's going to take some tenacity, but it's facing the future of, do you want to be still working when you're 75 in living in a life that, you know, don't we do this so we could retire and then travel the world? Like, forget about it. That's not going to happen. So it's, what's it going to look like? The divorce is higher. I've got women that are living in cars like this. What if we could turn this boat now versus what you're really sailing right in towards? So I'm a career coach, so I help people get jobs, right? So I'm not saying like the job's a bad thing, but sometimes you might need that additional income. So like if you have like your stable job, let's say you make 75K at it, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's say you do a side hustle and let's say you're able to keep your expenses low and you make one to 2K additional per month. So that's 24K, right? So you're almost at 100K just because you're willing to uh, do something outside of the uh, nine to five. So not everybody's an entrepreneur, right? Like some people just don't have that it factor, but I can't see why you can at least do a side hustle a few hours a week just to get some additional income, right? So uh, make your life more comfortable and maybe even uh, be able to take those savings and maybe spend it on a vacation. At least enjoy the time. So it's really important what you mentioned just a few moments ago, and that is get the best job you can and get the side hustle. So just because this job is here, see if you can improve your skills and get more pay, or maybe you need a different position. Keep moving there as well as here, because you got your 40 hours here, but you can make sure those 40 hours are optimized the best that they can be, that you're learning skills at least, or something new, or you're paid better, or it's at least a place where you don't want to jump off the porch, right? Like enjoy some quality of life. So that career side is still so important to have. And then this side hustle income is I think imperative as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of like switching gears, so why do you tell us more about like your business background? Like I believe you're Gen X, right? So I've seen you have like years in terms of like uh, running or starting multiple businesses. So why don't you tell us more about like your first business and what are some of the learning lessons and then how you pivoted into what you're doing now? Sure. So I wouldn't say I was an entrepreneur. I didn't, I heard that word and it just didn't fit for me. I didn't see myself as one. I thought those were like big, you know, successful white men. And I didn't relate to that. I just knew I wanted to be of service in some capacity and I wanted to make more money. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to have this lifestyle that I dreamt about my whole life. And I started a really simple project that I was going to masterminds and our networking meetings, pardon me. And I would just start interviewing and talking to people and buying them lunch and wanting to find out what do you do? How do you do it? And I found I loved coaches. So I thought, well, let me start a coaching business. So I went and got certifications, but I couldn't get a client for my life. I was stuck in the, I don't know how to say it. I don't, it was all wrapped up in me. So it was really expensive hobby. 
and psychologically devastating because every week I'd go, I'd go get a client and I never got a client. And it was just over and over and over again. So I thought, well, let's, it must be because I'm a coach. Let me be a social media marketer. That didn't work so well for me either. I was going through a tremendous time in my personal life. And then I decided, well, maybe I'm not good at that. Let me become an affiliate for ClickFunnels, which is another piece of software. And once I got into ClickFunnels, I realized I had all of these skills that I couldn't see. So that's going to be something that these your listeners are going to say, but I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything I'm good at. And I'll go hogwash right out of the gate because I was the exact same way. I didn't see the skills I had until I got in and saw, you don't know what a domain is? I learned domain because I built 14 websites because I'd screwed around for so long, right? So I had these things that I learned. And I was like, oh, you don't know how to do that? You don't know how to build that? Oh, I can build all that. I can do all of that for you. So I started a digital marketing agency. My, like, I, I wouldn't have thought that's where I was going or what I was doing. Multiple six figures in you know, six months, it just went cool, crazy. And that was because I knew how to serve and I already knew how to talk to people. And I knew I was confident I could build a funnel. I wasn't confident that you could think I would build a funnel, right? But I could build it. So I started there and then this agency got really, really, really big. And then I didn't like the software anymore. So just before COVID, I shut her down. And then I went looking for the next, what's the next thing? What's, where am I going next? Right. And I came across high level as software that I felt I could provide to my clients and other people just as an affiliate and say, I think we can trust this software. You can build your business, which is your life on here. And we can be sure that it's not going anywhere and you're going to be safe here. So we started that and then I started having people. So here's the lesson I want you to kind of hear in between all of this is that people keep asking me for things. So they asked me to build them the funnels. They asked me to do all of these things. So the next piece of it was, do you know how to build the agency side or the SaaS side of Go High Level? I said, well, I don't, but let me try. And that's where I don't have the skills. But I had the courage and I had a dream to get my butt down to Mexico, right? And I needed a certain amount of income to do so because I left all of the Canadian social systems behind, right? Everything, see you later, bye. So I knew I had to really depend on me. And I thought, well, let me see if I can do that. And then it started the next phase. And now that's what I do is I help people build software companies for multiple monthly recurring revenue in their business and start or start a SaaS business as well. So that's what I'm doing now. But it grew as I grew. It kept moving and shaking and pivoting. And I think that's the other thing to really pay attention to is nobody starts one business and that's the same business they're doing in 20 years. With, with AI and everything, I don't see myself writing resumes in 20 years, right? I, I think no, like, right? Yeah, something's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what it is yet, but for now, I'll just do what I'm good at and I'm getting clients. You also have to be proactive and forward thinking, right? Like, okay, you're doing this now, but what's your five-year goal, 10-year goal, right? You always have to think what's next. You can't just uh, be narrow-minded and just like work on what's working. You always have to think about the next step. And we see it all the time in businesses that are all of a sudden out of business or businesses that you don't want to go to anywhere because they're not into, you know, innovative enough or they, there's this new thing. So you've got to always pay attention and it's hard to predict. We couldn't have predicted AI the way that it came on the scene with ChatGPT in such a storm this year. We couldn't have seen that. We knew AI was there and what was happening, but that just changed the game for us and it changed business. So we had to pivot. We have to make a change. And that's what the entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, more so now I can step into. And that is, What's happening? What do my clients need? Who do I want to serve? How can I help them? And then in exchange, there'll always be money, right? So it's just paying attention. 
What made you decide to move to Mexico? Because you're originally from Canada, right? That's right. So I'm from a really small town in Oxbow, Saskatchewan. So landlocked right in the corner. So much snow that you know, eight months a year. Moved to Vancouver when I was about 25. And my whole dream, my whole life has been Mexico. I don't know where it came from. It just was. And by the beach, right? So I thought, well, Vancouver is still so cold, right? So I just decided during covid Let's just go. What am I waiting for? Like, you know how you wait until maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll do it. Maybe next year. And I just got so tired of myself hearing myself say that. And I said, you know what? Let's go. And we just did it. Scariest, most exciting thing I've ever done. And it was just something I didn't want to say to myself one day. Oh, my God, it's too late. And I don't know when that day is. Nobody knows when that day is. But for me, it was like, what really good excuse did I have for not going? Absolutely none, really. I had to engineer it. I had to make it happen. I had to do some things in my business and myself and my life and in my environment to make it happen. But it makes you feel alive when you follow on those dreams. It was it was really exciting. I think one of the things that hold people back from like making a drastic move, like moving to a different country, is they're going to leave their family and friends, right? So did that ever have that issue ever arise with you? Uh, any concerns about that? Because you did say that you were pregnant when you were seventeen, right? Yeah. So my boys are very old. <laughs> They're grown. They don't have children or anything. But here's the thing. There's an airplane, right? And if you think about it from Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan, from Saskatoon to Oxbow, six hours, well, he can fly here faster. So that was off the plate. We got the money, just fly over. No problem, right? And then the other side of it is, yes, I'm lonely here sometimes because making friends is more challenging. I don't understand the language as well as I'd want to, etc. So I do have some work to do there myself. And then the other side of it is, my kids need to live their own lives and I need to live my own life. And the number one gift I think you can give children is to live your own life versus smothering them or whatever it is we do as mothers. We try to live our lives through them and all of this. It doesn't do them any favors. And it, I do not want to get to the end of my life and go, well, I, it's too late. I can't do that now, right? Because I was too busy focused on everyone else. I have to give myself permission to follow my own dream. And by doing that, my sons have said to me over and over and over again that it's given them permission to do the same. Me doing what most moms do, right, doesn't give kids permission. If I'm not living my true self and my true life and who I am and what I want to do, that's not an example. That's not life for them. So I'm the opposite maybe of some. I live my own life and I let my kids live theirs. And we're making enough money to fly wherever we want to fly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming the cost of living in Mexico is a lot cheaper than Canada, right? Right. So needing retirement for myself, I engineered this on purpose. What you said earlier, lower your expenses, increase your income. No better place to lower expenses than to move to another country where the cost of living is a fourth of what it is in Canada. Oh, yeah, and then be able to increase the income. I make USD, US dollars. So as a Canadian, that's big money. Mexican pesos, huge money. So I engineered my business to charge USD. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. All my advertising dollars in Facebook, initially I did a test. I was like, okay, I'll do Canada, US because I'm in Canada, right? But um, I found it a bit difficult to get the Canadian clients. The American clients tend to be more uh, gung-ho, so to speak. Anyways, long story short, by me just focusing on Americans and getting American clients in the USD dollar, the Canadian dollars, uh, I think it's 0.72 against the American. I would make like at least two to $300 more just from serving American clients over Canadians, right? And then that adds up. 
So if I go to like a developing country and you convert it to USD, that's also a lot more as well. And I have seen a lot of Canadian-based companies uh, charge USD just because the currency is more valuable and they basically make a bit more money when without doing any extra work. Yes, it's a 25% lift for us, for sure. It's very exciting. And if you're talking with Americans or even other countries, they're used to paying USD as well. Yeah, because USD is like the international currency, so to speak, where everybody uses it and exchanges it, right? Yeah, you can still pay for food in Mexico with US dollars if you wanted. Oh, I didn't know that. So interesting, yeah. The Canadian dollar, no. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, when I was younger and uh, I went to Jamaica with my family, right? Like you couldn't, Even though Canadian dollar was still worth more than Jamaican currency, they still would only take USD. No, it's like play money, yeah. In regards to like you getting into that software side, start off with ClickFunnels. I actually started with ClickFunnels myself. It's one of those things like you have to install additional widgets on top of it. Uh, for example, when I did ClickFunnels, I had to use Calendly and ConvertKit because ClickFunnels is just by itself. But like go high level, they already have the built-in Calendly, so to speak. You can host your own courses. It's more robust than ClickFunnels. I know ClickFunnels just recently launched a 2.0. Uh, like I haven't played around with it. I don't know how much better it is, but... When you have something that works and has more variety in terms of tools compared to like what you had before, there's really no reason to switch at that point. Right. So high level is only $97 and you get three sub accounts. So you could have yourself and two other businesses in there with you. If you wanted to start a SaaS, you could start your first two clients and then you grow into the next one. So you stair step it up. You make enough money. So you're not going to make money for the first six months if you're hustling, right? You won't make money forever if you don't hustle. And then with ClickFunnels, it's, I think, one domain or three domains or something like that. And it's $2.97 just to get started. And it doesn't have all the other pieces. And it's a little bit more complicated to use outside software with software. All in one is challenging enough. But And then ClickFunnels, the way that they're values are the company, the development, you've got to take a look at that on the back end. And ClickFunnels has been promising 2.0 for years. And that's a red flag for me because that means the development's not there. And software is all about the development. So if they can't produce what they said they were going to produce, never mind anything else, then am I going to put my business, aka my life, on there and ask you to do the same with your family? Absolutely not. So it's important to pay attention to the business behind it. And I'm not a bro into the, all the bro marketing and all of those things like you're one funnel away. You sure as hell are not. You're one funnel at a time, but you're not one funnel away. You might be like me. I was how many funnels away? Dozens and dozens and dozens, but they don't tell the truth that that's what it looks like, right? So that's not going to help you when you get in and you think it's one funnel and you build one funnel and it doesn't work. That's that psychological piece I was telling you about earlier, right? That's, that'll take you out of the game faster than anything. So if you're not in with a company that's even going to tell you what it really looks like and smells like and feels like as a business, though, you need a room in your house to cry. Like nobody talks about the crying room, right? Like it's part of this journey. If you're not crying, you're not marketing hard enough. That's a good point. Like just going back to the the marketing side of things, right? Like the one funnel away message, right? I know it's about the uh, Instagramification, right? Like you see all these like Facebook ads, oh, coaches, I can scale your business to 10K a month in the next like month or whatever. I, I know like they're trying to get people who are wanting that Instagramification, right? Because that's all people really want. But you also have to look at a grain of salt, right? Like things are not going to happen overnight. It's also a mindset uh, restriction as well, because I've been doing this uh, career coaching since 2020, and I never thought that I could create a product, uh, which is basically just a bunch of templates, and then sell it 
via Facebook ads and not have to talk to anybody, right? So it's going to be three to four years to get that realization that as long as the offer is good, it, it doesn't really matter. It does take time to get into that mindset. So like, don't expect to like, just because you buy into someone's marketing message that you're going to be a success overnight. There's still a lot of work mm -hmm. to do. And you got to focus on like, what are they teaching you? And can that help me get that goal in the next few years? Now I can I get that goal in the next day or next month it's dangerous out there right now because what they're doing is they're giving you this marketing message that they did two years ago. What worked two years ago is not working today. So that's the first thing. Just know that whatever they're telling you, it's not working today. Their courses, et cetera, they're not selling like they used to, especially if they're in the coaching space. Second thing is they may have done that $10,000 in the last three months, but they're not telling you the six years before where they did all of this work to get ready for the capacity of holding $10,000 a month. Like you said, it's the mindset piece. If you don't believe you can do it, it doesn't matter what they say. You Here's all the funnels in the world. But if you're not ready for success and understand money, you won't make it. So they're selling you this dream. Just know that it's not even probably the truth 90% of the time anyway. But if they did happen to do that, you're not prepared if you haven't had sales experience, success experience, lived in a family that understood money, that you've got money in the bank, if you can't, you can't make money if you can't keep money. That's a good point. I always hear these stories about these professionals that make like 100, 150K and they're living paycheck to paycheck because of lifestyle inflation, right? The more they make, the more they spend. Right. So if you do that in your business, if you can't hold money, you're going to be able to make it. So it's really important to understand that this game isn't just about what you're seeing on Instagram. That's the tip of the iceberg that you see, like the, the Titanic, right? Underneath is what you believe about you, what you believe about the world, and what you believe about money. Those three, that's your work. And you you believe that you can do this? It'll happen. I believe now, no problem. I get a client, probably three more on their way to me tomorrow. I know it. It's fine. It's good. It's. I don't even worry about it. I don't even worry about money. My husband says, you want to do something? He says, yeah, let's go get the client. Let's go figure it out. It's not, no, I can't afford it. It's like, let's go get them. That took years. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things uh, a lot of business owners or aspiring business owners start off with is like, they want to build a business without spending any money, right? Like I was like that too when I started. I thought like I could grow a six-figure business just by doing organic content. And just like, if I post a lot every day, I'll get clients and then like I'll, I'll grow it to a six figures, right? That's always not the case. I realize that that's not the case because you can't scale with organic because it's too unpredictable. But like you can scale with ads with the right offer. Yes, you'll have to spend a lot more. You also got to do the math, right? Like for this amount, these are the conversions I get. Like these are the low tickets offers I get. These are the ones that uh, booked the call with me. And this is my close rate with the high ticket, right? So you have to do all that math and then you can scale properly because there's math behind it. Organic is too unpredictable. The algorithm always changes. Going back to the marketing message where you see all these gurus promoting like, oh, uh, I can build up your following and then you'll make tons of sales. But just from my experience, it, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't because they have to have an infrastructure in the back of where's the traffic going Where's the traffic landing? It's not, it just can't be on Instagram. It's got to go to a funnel that's going to have an opt-in, that's going to have an email or some sequence on the back that's going to sell them the offer. And that takes work. How do you know what the landing page is supposed to be? Never mind the offer, right? The copy, all of it. So yeah, it's interesting to watch them do that. It's dangerous. Yeah, that was one of the mindsets that I had. Second one was like, uh, I was scared to spend uh, money on Facebook ads, right? But like now spending 50 even $100 a day doesn't really phase me. But when I first started, like spending 50 bucks a day was like, well, that's that's a couple of meals a day, right? It's also the scarcity mindset too, right? Because a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they use money as a tool to generate wealth, right? It's not 
something you hold on to. Because a good example for me is when my grandfather, I guess it's like uh, old age security, right? You're from Canada, so you know about old age security. And he always wants to go out to spend it, right? Like, I'm not going to just have money sitting here and like, I'm just going to wash the money. I want to use it, right? To do stuff. So he had the right mindset of like, money is a tool to use to like, build yourself, right? It's not something you keep because you can't save money because with inflation, it's just going to eat it up too. So I also have to switch my money mindset to be more prosperous as well. Yeah, it's a real big switch. That's what he's saying, what you believe about money. What you believe about money has come from being indoctrinated in all of the propaganda that's out there about rich people and watch any movie. It's always the people that are rich that are the horrible people. All of your Christmas stuff, all of it, it's all about bad people. Money is bad. And that's not true. It's the number one desire that we all have is to be rich. We just won't say it out loud because, whoa, that... That's not a dinner conversation, right? Like, but we just have to tell the truth. It's absolutely imperative that we have money. Now, when people start a business and don't want to invest in it, that tells me immediately that you don't believe it's going to work. And how do you know it's going to work if you, you've not done it, right? So you've got to be all in. You've got to have something on the table. And if it's not the $97 to invest in a piece of software, then maybe it's that you can't pay your rent. Something's got to be on the line so that you do the work when this is so uncomfortable and you think you're going to die. When something happens, embarrassment, you can't do something you said you could do, or someone says something, or a client, God forbid, just does a chargeback, like it'll all happen eventually, right? So you just have to be strong enough to know that you can get through things. And this money piece of it, I invest now very strategically and all in. I just like, oh yeah, we're going to go because I can trust myself. I can trust that I'm going to do this. I've got some history that it'll work, but I'm also willing to bet on myself. So that's a belief in myself. Can I have enough trust in what it is that I'm doing and bringing great people around me? That's the other problem I think we have is we're trying to do this alone. And you cannot build a business in a vacuum in your Instagram feed, right? You just can't. It's dangerous. You need somebody who's going to tell you the truth about what's really going on out there. And it'll frighten you. It took me forever to pawn off my resume writing because it goes back to the scarcity mindset. I was like, okay, like I can write resumes myself. These resumes that I've written have gotten people's jobs. Like, why should I pay someone? It's less money in my pocket. But what I realized is that there's only so many hours in a day. And if you're doing the production stuff, you're not focusing on... For me, like I have to like create slides for like a webinar or uh, always have to to change up the ads or create content or create the landing page, optimize it. There's a lot of other stuff that will generate me more money. I'm writing a resume is just not gonna do that. And for me, when I was writing resumes, it took like three, four hours, right? And if I'm getting a lot of clients, like I can't do all that myself. Eventually I will have to hire one person, then two, then three, and so on and so forth. As you said, you can't build a business doing everything yourself and going on your, your Instagram every day. No. So there's a difference between being self-employed, which is doing that, and then owning a business. So if you work, you work in a company, the big people, the owners are not taking out the garbage, right? They've hired the experts to do that. And then they charged accordingly so that it's profitable. So we're not even approaching this like a business. I know I didn't, when I first started, I didn't understand all of that. That's why I said like that entrepreneurial thing. I had no idea. I just didn't want to work for anyone anymore. And then I'm just so stubborn that I'm just going to make this work because I have this dream, such a desire to have the best life I can in the time that I'm here. And I just didn't quit. That's the key. You can't lose if you uh, don't quit, right? Don't quit. Yeah, just don't quit. And when you don't quit, you automatically have to make it work. You don't just keep doing the same thing all the time. You have to pivot and you just keep moving to make it work. If you just give yourself, don't quit. 
things always change, right? A perfect example is when I was doing LinkedIn content when I started off in 2020, I was getting um, at least a thousand to fifteen hundred followers a month. I was uh, making a lot of money organically, right? Uh, at least from a side hustle perspective. But the algorithm changed, like things started changing, and I don't get the reach as I used to, which goes back to my original point, how you can't just build a business for the organic because there's so much, the algorithm changes all the time. Podcasting was a big thing. There was a lot of people jumping on podcasts. A, a lot of those people fell off now. The thing I heard is those are pre-recorded webinars, right? They don't work as well as they used to because everybody's doing them and people know they're pre-recorded. So you're just watching a pre-recorded video and that definitely disengages the audience because you know it's pre-recorded, like watching a video. So then you're, you're getting less sales because it's no longer live, right? So Things always change in the marketing aspect. And the other thing is the iOS update where it changes the way that you do email marketing now or even Facebook ads, you can't target as well as you used to. There's always those issues. The other thing I want to mention was, let's say 10 years ago, like Facebook was still like an open world in terms of targeting. But now there's these special categories where if you're in these special categories, you can't niche down in terms of targeting because it's discriminatory. So it's, again, like you said, it always changes. You always have always. to adapt. You have to, and if you have the dream and the goal, you will succeed. That's the biggest piece out front is just making sure that the desire that you have is strong enough to pull you through. And I build businesses for women because my motto is great things happen when women have money. So I have a mission bigger than me as well, because sitting on a beach in Mexico is not as appealing as you think it would be, right? Like it's okay every once in a while, but it needed to be bigger than me. And it's helping women do the same thing. If I have one woman on my watch, not be able to retire or live the life that she's here to live simply because of money, I, and I can help, we're going to get out every day and we're going to talk about that. And that's what gets me up. So it was running for my own poverty to start with. And now it's switched to something bigger than me because it's getting harder. Yeah, it absolutely. gets more challenging. It, I've got to look at myself even more. I've got to think and dig deeper on all the stuff. So it's got to be about somebody else other than me because I'm living a pretty good life already. Without internet marketing or any online business, there's always going to be a lot of competition. So again, I don't want people who are listening that don't want to start something because they think it's competitive. Ultimately, if you're able to have the right strategy, the right offer, you will win out, right? It's always about pivoting, adopting, and evolving. To go to our next part of our conversation, uh, the core component, how can people like at least start a side hustle first just to like test the waters of their offer, of uh, their business, their expertise, and dive more into like what you do with like go high level because for go high level, you don't have to build your own software. The software is already there. You just have to like white label it or customize it for your business. So walk us through like how can someone get started and have an online business running, let's say, in a week? Right. So is that's an excellent question. And when I first started and when other people come to me, the first thing I ask is, what is the life that you want to live? And usually I'll ask, what's the number? Do you want $5,000 a month to start? Do you want a million? 20 million, it doesn't matter. And then tell me about your lifestyle. How do you want to live? Do you want to work 10 hours, 20 hours? Do you want this to eventually take over your what you're doing? Do you want to work 60 hours because you love it so much? Like, what is it? Some people have more time than others. So we're going to put you in the mix first. Most people don't, and then they build a business that they hate, right? So let's get you there. Okay, excellent. Now tell me about your history. Tell me what you do now. 
Who's your uncle? What does your dad do? What did you do growing up? What are your passions? Ask your best friends. What do you think I'd be really good at? And they'll say, you sew like a mother trucker. Like you are excellent. Somebody will watch you sew on YouTube. I swear they will, right? So maybe you don't like video. What about audio? What about writing? What about graphics? What's that skill that you like to do? I love video and audio. I love the podcast. I like to talk to people. So that's natural for me, right? There's just as much evidence that this would work as not. It's the same with everything. There's just as much evidence that it'll work and just as much that it won't. You can walk down the street in your hometown and get as many clients as you want for whatever you're selling. I don't care if it's slippers or you are a digital marketer or you do social media graphics or you clean yards. It doesn't matter. You will find clients. So then it's a matter of go talk to people. And this is the test. Every single time, whether or not you're going to have the enough desire and enough dream and enough tenacity and enough courage is, will you go talk to the first 10 people and go, Hey, I'm thinking of starting a business. Tell me what problems you have in your life. What do you need solved? What do you think I'm good at? I'm doing market research right now, again, for myself, because I'm wanting to take my offer to the next level. First thing is, Hey, I need to talk to XYZ person. And I get non-calls recording it, doing all of it. It's because the marketplace will decide. The marketplace is in charge, not me. I think I got a great offer. I think this is going to be great, but the marketplace ultimately is going to be the deciding factor. So you need to get out in front of the audience and talk to them. If you can't talk to them, stay at your job until things get rough enough. Because I know a mother right now, every single one of them, if your kids were hungry, you would go talk to somebody. So that's not going to work. We know it's possible, right? So let's go do that. Let's go see what you're great at. And you might need to dig into a place that is so uncomfortable, because you've been told you're not really don't brag. It's not good to do all of that. Failing is horrendous. And all of these things that we learned in school, we need to put them aside. That's why the dream has to be so big that we'll go uncomfortable. And you just go, well, if I created that for you, would you buy it? What would you pay for that? Okay. And then you do it. And then you do it again and again and again, till you get a process, till you get the language, till you get some success. And then you'll find, oh, you want that? Oh, you know what? I could actually do that. But you won't be able to see any of this at the beginning. If you're in a place where you're in a job and you don't have what I didn't really think I had. I wanted to build a business, but I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. I didn't think like I, well, I do realize that now I do, but I didn't think so. So if you're even having the desire to do this, you're different, right? You're already different if this is something you want to do. And then I call it, what's your genius? Just go find out what that is and then make offers and see what you can do. You don't need a website. You don't need anything when you start. You just need to be able to talk to people. You can send an email through your Gmail and you can deliver whatever it is you're delivering until you get to a place where you're ready to go to the next level. And you'll know because people will be asking you for the next level. But we want to do it the other way. We want to create an offer in, in a silo in our home and build a website around it. And we haven't talked to anybody. It won't work. That's just fear. And that's just busy work. And the fastest way is to talk to people. The biggest thing that I've learned is, and a common mistake that a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs make is that they build a solution to fit a problem. But that's not even there. Yeah, that your the right approach is to find a problem and then have a solution to solve it. That's going to make you way more money than creating a solution in a vacuum, as you would say. Even better than that is find somebody that you want to solve a problem for. 
Who do you love? Do you like working with women? Do you like working with moms? Do you want to work with electricians? Go talk to them. Find a problem you can solve for a specific group of people that you're passionate about because you're going to want to have this problem. It's going to need to be something that you're going to get up every day and eat for breakfast. What's the problem that every single day you can eat for breakfast? And for me, it's helping women make money. I can do that every day. What does it look like? It looks like tech. It looks like this. It looks like mindset. It looks like she needs some help with her freaking kids, right? Like whatever it looks like, it doesn't matter. We've got the skill set, right? Because we don't end up in places where we don't belong. We just, there's a grace to the universe, right? So what problem do you want to solve for who? And you'll get an idea immediately. You don't want to work with men or you'll get an idea. You don't want to work with ADHD people or whatever it is. No judgment. Just tell yourself the truth. The wrap up our conversation and the main takeaway for anyone listening is do some research, find out what is your ideal buyer persona that you want to help, right? Like you said, uh, electricians, as example, or women or mothers, whatever you're passionate about helping. At that point, like you said, go talk to them, um, ask them what are some of the common problems that they would like you to solve, right? And then speak to enough of those in that target market. They tend to say the same things. And then now you have something that you can work with in terms of creating a solution for that problem. And then at that point, you can build everything in the back end, like the website, the go high level for like the call bookings, like email, all that stuff. Like that's all the infrastructure after. But your main step right now is to speak to the target audience you want to help. And then at that point, you start brainstorming a solution that makes sense. And then you can think about the infrastructure, the scaling after you've gotten a few clients. Right. Just take that solution and go back to the people you talked to and said, well, I made this based on what you said. What do you think of it? Oh, that's interesting. Well, would you buy it? What would you pay for that? What if I helped you put this together? Would that be valuable? Takes guts. Let me discuss earlier on, right? Like you don't need to know the code. Like you don't need all these technical skills because there's always all these uh, done for you softwares out there already. You just have to white label it for your business, right? So the thing you have to take action is like be courageous, be willing to speak to people. And again, just how to pave it because it's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. But is it the best feeling in the world when you can generate money out of the air? Just by talking to somebody and creating value for someone, there's nothing more exciting and watching the solutions and the problems being solved for customers and they pay you, you're making a difference in the world. There's nothing more exciting than that. There's definitely nothing more exciting. Like, again, the, my biggest eye opener was like building this content, not getting any clients for the first month or two. Then someone just reaching out to me out of the blue via email and getting my first client, like willing to pay me for my services. Then that compounded. Then I moved on to the next thing where I was able to create a low ticket offer. And now I don't have to speak to people. And they're already buying my initial service. Obviously, like, Right now, I'm doing, I still have to do high tickets. So low ticket is obviously a gateway to get in the book call with me. And I know these are quality buyers because they've already bought something from me. But again, like over time, there might be some SaaS software out there um, that makes it just reoccurring revenue where I don't even have to talk to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. The value ladder, the words that you're using, low ticket, high ticket, all of those things, those are very, very exciting. And those come with time. If that language feels odd or... Yeah, it'll come. You'll figure it out. You stay on this path long enough. All of that'll make sense. Really appreciate you taking the time, Pamela, to uh, come on and talk about business mindset and how you just need a good idea and execution and everything else will fall into place later. How can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them start their business? Fantastic. So my name is Pamela Joan, like J-O-A-N Dale. So Pamela Joan Dale is my website. And on social media, I'm your GHL, like go high level. So ghlgal.com, it will also give you to me and just search me on Instagram and on YouTube. 
and TikTok, and I'm slowly getting over there as well. And absolutely reach out, send me an email. I'll answer myself personally. Sounds good. Again, appreciate the time and have a great uh, rest of the year. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.